Good morning, or good afternoon to some of you. All right, good evening even. <laughs> Wherever you are, welcome to Tanya today. I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine, coming to you from Chabad, Zichron Kedeshim in Montreal, Canada, Canada, where it's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you the Tanya. We greet, as we do every morning, Virginia from Calgary, Simcha from Florida, Rina is with us from Calgary, June in Australia, good evening. I knew there was a good evening somewhere, it's almost uh, probably good night. Uh, Michael in Germany, good afternoon, and Robert in Boston, Shalom. Art in Michigan is with us, TJ also in Australia, good evening. Erica in Norway, good afternoon, John, Shalom to you in North Carolina, Davida and Liba. They're with us in New York. Oh, good morning. Irma, New Jersey, welcome. Diane in Connecticut is with us, and Deborah in Florida. Russ is with us from... Russ, you have to remind me. Perhaps Florida? Tim in Texas, Booker Tove. Clem in Brisbane, Australia. Good evening. Usher is with us in Tennessee. Julie in Florida. Ray in Malta. Oh, good afternoon. Okay. Uh, Samita. Remember, I pronounced that right. Shalom. Alice in Baltimore. Welcome. We have Paul and Greg, bright and early in California. Ross and Boca. Okay. Thank you. Andrew. Oh, welcome back. In Springfield, New Jersey. Betty is with us in Sacramento. Good morning and real shalom. Rusty in Texas, Irene, you have to remind me, and in the Philippines, uh, Maricel, I don't know if I pronounced that right, sorry if I didn't, we have Clubhouse, we have Batya and Vilma, uh, Meryl, Andrea, Lindsay, Tim, Norm, Ariel, Rita, Elias, and Hellhammer, okay. All right, wonderful. And also we have on Instagram, Andy from Brazil. We have the Entertainmenta. We have Life Thrives. <laughs> Akoi from Peru. Wonderful. Okay. We continue in the 25th letter, a lengthy letter dealing with um, many important elements of Jewish teachings. Right now we're trying to understand the creator within creation, the life force of God that animates and creates. What we learned yesterday, and we continue with that thought, is that teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, based on the verse from King David, forever God, your word stands in the heavens. Well, not just in the heavens, but in everything. It is the letters that make up the words, 
that is the vital force of everything in creation. Well, we have that in the book of Genesis. God said, let there be light. So it is actually the words or, Aleph, Vav, Resh, that becomes the vital force of light. Now, it becomes a vital force in a unique way. As opposed to the, the one who made this mug, the, no one made this mug. They formed and shaped it. They make anything. They formed and shaped it from some other material into something that, you know, can contain some water. Hey, look at that. Got some water over here. So that's what a craftsman can do. They can take um, silver that's malleable and form it into a kiddush cup into a goblet or take some fire up some uh, some clay and make this mug that i have so they're only forming and shaping it from material but god didn't start with material he didn't start oh god found some stuff he found some soup mix he sound founds an amoeba or he found uh, a mustard seed no he didn't find and there was nothing there was nothing but him and he's not a thing He's no thing. So starting with nothing and then creating something means that the force of God has to be always in creation. How do we understand that? The force of me making this mug, I didn't, but you know, just let's pretend, uh, is not in, in, in this mug after I let go of it. It's independent of me. And that's what People want to say the world is independent of God, but no, it isn't. Why? Because it needs to be the constant force, meaning the word of God, that creates it, something from nothing at all times. And we, the metaphor for that is because something that is, you know, when you take silver that's malleable and you can mold it into a, um, into a goblet, into a kiddush cup, you didn't change much, you just changed its form. But if you started with nothing and poof, you got something, well, you know, you need the force of that, of that energy to be in there in order that it should exist. And the example we give for that is the splitting of the sea. Water by nature is fluid. But there was a strong easterly wind that God made blow very strongly, so strong that it made the water stand like a wall. But it was only as long as the water was blowing very strongly that it stood like a wall. The moment it stopped, the force was taken away. It now goes back to its original form, which is fluid water. Right? <laughs> so likewise, if you take away the force of God, which is the word of God, at any moment, it'll go back to its natural habitat, natural state. And what is that? Not a mustard seed, not energy. Not matter that will turn into energy. No, because energy is something. It's not no thing. Well, it'll go back to what it originally was before creation, before there was anything, when there was no thing, nothing. So it'll go back to nothing. What does this mean? The, the, the important point is that the power of God needs to be constantly there. And what the ramifications of that is, we're not going to discuss today. We will discuss because there's great ramifications as a result. That is very 
um, changes. It's a game changer on how we lead our lives. But we're not going to get there right now. Okay. Now, so the terminology of the Word of God, as our, as the Kabbalists call it, well, actually, the, the sages in the Talmud call it Shechina, divine presence. That's the Word of God. The Kabbalists call it Malchus. Malchus is the Shechina, is the divine presence. Malchus is the royalty, the sovereignty, the kingship of God. And a king rules with his word, so God creates with his word. That's the relationship. Um, so, Malchus in every world, in the world of Atsilos, creates what it creates there. It's going to be loftier souls that are truly connected. And then it'll create all the way down into the slowest spiritual realm of Asiya. And then finally, Malchus, which is the Shekhinah, the divine presence of God, is the divine force, the word of God that now animates the counterpart of it from the heavenly source, the divine, to what is divine in this world, which is the land of Israel. Hence, the very ground of Israel is being animated by Malchus of Asiya, which is divine. That's why Israel is divine, and that's why Israel is the center of the universe. In a physical sense, it is. If you look on the map, the way it is on the Mediterranean, and how it is the geographically the center point between Africa, Asia, Asia, Europe. It's a center point. <clears throat> geographically, more importantly, it is the center point of all of creation because it's getting its vitality direct, direct from the divine level of Shechina, of divine presence, Malchus of, of Asiya. It vests itself in the physical land. And that's why when people come to Israel, first time or after even many times they'll kiss the ground why will they kiss the ground so many people think it's just you know very you know um sort of um what's the word i'm looking for a uh you know uh, opportunity to show your 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 you know how happy you are to be there which is true but it's much more than that because the ground is divine what what makes it divine not because I act even divine, which we'll get into that in a moment. It's being is divine because it's getting animated by the divine directly. Directly. Now in that there's different levels. Jerusalem is more, and in Jerusalem the Holy Temple, uh, Temple Mount is more, uh, more holy. These are degrees of of holiness, right? Those are degrees of holiness. So yes. Temple Mount is more than the rest of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is more than the rest of Israel. True. So there's great, but it's all direct, which we'll understand in a moment what it means not direct by comparison of the rest of the world. 
the rest of the world outside the land of Israel also gets life from God, from the word of God, Malchus, Shechina. However, it goes through another process point that that vitality should then be brought into the rest of the world. It goes through the extraneous patron angels of the 70 nations of the world. There are basically 70 nations of the world. Today, we really don't know which those nations are because all the nations have been mixed one with another. Um, but the point over here is that the nations of the world, they are getting vitality from God, as everything does, right? Their land, their, the animals themselves, everything. Everything gets vitality from God, right? This exists, this mug I'm holding is inanimate. It exists only because the word of God gives it vitality to exist. It doesn't exist on its own. That's a mistake. So God created the world and he left and went to Argentina. Or to Mars. Or wherever. No. It's totally dependent. The word of God, as we just explained. Now. The, this, the patron angel is getting from the word of God, because everything is the word of God that's animating it, but it's only getting a mere spark of the word of God, of Malchus, of Asiya. It descends and radiates over these supernal patron angels, encompassing them, not vesting itself in. In the Holy Land is direct, Malchus of Asiya is directly vesting itself in the Holy Land. But outside of the Holy Land, here in Montreal, <laughs> everywhere else, it doesn't vest itself. Rather, the life force radiates and shines above, encompassing. We'll explain what that means shortly. And from the patron angels that are getting now an encompassing light of the Shekhinah, Malchus of Asiya, of the Word of God, right? all the same idea in different terminologies so now the patron angel that's the life force of the nations of again the animals their land the physical land the heavens above them right getting it from then from the patron angel also a mitigated um, reduced light It's giving it vitality by form of klipa. It's not direct now anymore. It's indirect. Vitality from God. What's nurturing and giving vitality and giving literally existence to all of that which is outside of the Holy Land is through the patron angels in a manner that is um, not vested within and um, therefore, that's called klipa. Klipa means a shell, a shell that covers over and hides the uh, divine life force that is not recognized. And being that it is not recognized even in the patron angels, that they don't recognize or, or don't sense, they don't feel that their divine life force is coming directly from 
Malchus of Asiya, Shechina, divine presence. It's in Klippa. It's covered over. Therefore, the patron angels feel themselves to be what we call a deity. Deity means a sense of independence. I am. Now, they are not merely a, a deity that they're the only existence. No, they recognize that they are what we call God of gods. Meaning, they recognize God, but they also sense and feel their own specialness, independence, that they also have a power. And the patron angels, hence, in that sense, are other gods, their idolatry, because of that independence. And they are what gives vitality to the nations of the world, not just to them as as people, but as everything in, in and outside of the land of Israel, getting their life force. And therefore, that makes them into truly separate beings, sensing their separateness from God. And, and therefore, that's true, which is true idolatry. As the Altenebbe says, that will only be until the end of time, meaning when redemption comes, a Mashiach will come then Klippa will be eradicated. The other side, Sitarachar, unholiness in the universe, will be swallowed up and won't exist anymore. As the verse says, God promises that then I will make the nations, nations of the world, pure of speech so that they will be able to call upon the name of God. In other words, when Mashiach will come, Klippa will be eradicated and then for the nations of the world, their vitality will not come by way of klipa. But right now, it does come from klipa. What animates them. Okay. Now, Haltarebi continues with this idea that the sustenance of idolaters is, is from the divine spark of God, from the Shekhinah. But the Shekhinah is what we call an exile, the divine presence is in exile. In other words, the life force is there. The word of God is there. Malchus of Asiya is there. That's animating, giving existence. But it's in exile. Now, what does it mean it's in exile? Um, what, what do you mean in exile? Didn't this occur when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? That from then on, the universe was getting its vitality by way of klipa. Everything in the world is a mixture of good and bad. And that's what klipa is, a mixture of good and bad. Klipa is no good at least. So what do we mean that the Shekhinah went into exile? So the, the divine presence went into exile. It wasn't then that it went into exile. So what does it mean? So, yes, by the sin of Adam and Eve, like in the Garden of Eden, what happened was the negative force of Klippa was in one tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's what Klippa is. Klippa hides on the presence of God, that there's some negativity, there's evil there. 
right? The serpent itself was complete evil, complete embodiment of evil, not just good and evil, just evil itself. The tree was only an embodiment of, the only thing that was an embodiment of good and evil. The rest of the garden was being animated by Malchus of Asiyah direct. And it was all godly. But that didn't last too long. They sinned. What did the sin produce? That now the world is mixed with klipa. All good has bad, all bad has good. It's all a mixture of klipa that hides on the presence of God. So then what does it mean that, that when the Jewish people went into exile, the Shekhinah went into exile with them? So when we speak about the Garden of Eden, and the sin of Adam and Eve, that means the hindmost, the lowest, the external dimension of holiness then was mixed. But the internal level of holiness, the inward aspect, that always remained with the Jewish people. That always remained in the Jewish people. And hence, in times of the Holy Temple, the presence of God was there in the Holy Temple. But that was until the destruction of the Holy Temple that God then went into exile as the Jewish people went into exile. That was a the inward dimension of the divine that went into exile, which means total exile now. It's like, you know, Sometimes you can be in exile, like a pandemic can put you into exile that you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this, right? But that's the external aspect of the person. Then there's the internal aspect, who you are. And that's an exile. You lost yourself to such a degree. Don't recognize who you are, right? That's an exile. So that's the inwardness when we speak about the divine presence of God. That was always remained with the Jewish people because the Shekhinah is with Israel. But once Israel went into exile, the divine presence of God also went into exile, the inwardness. That's what happened then. Whoa, powerful stuff. All right, let's unpack some of this phenomenal stuff. So first point I want to bring out is what makes Israel the holy land? God Almighty. <laughs> he makes it the holy land. Not because, you know, uh, anything else. God makes it. He chose it. He gave it to us. It's our land. No one else's. Now, that being said, um, with this we can understand God says if you don't act holy then you'll be expunged from the holy land because the holy land can only take holy you know um, the, the Jewish people acting holy if we don't act holy right so we can understand that idea 
And that's what happened with the two holy temples. Jews weren't acting the way they should act, and therefore there was destruction. So that's unique. But even even now, there's still, you know, the Shekhinah is in exile. There's still some remnants of holiness left in the Holy Land. It's definitely not completely revealed. It will be in the times of Mashiach, and for that matter, the rest of the world will also. There'll be just a much greater holiness in Israel than there'll be in the rest of the world. Just as there was in the times of the Holy Temple, there was gradations of holiness, as I mentioned earlier. Right? The Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go there only on the holiest the holiest person on the holiest day. In the holiest place. That was the whole holy of holies. Then you have the holies, then you have, you know, uh, where the um, altar was and you know you have different gradations of holiness so um in time to come there will also be different gradations of holiness but what will happen in times to come mashiach the world of klipa will be eradicated that's what we really believe and that's really what's going to happen redemption but till then and 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 that's not so much the point here, although an important thing. Um, but an important thing is that what's giving vitality to the world at large is coming by way of klipa. So with this we can understand, you know, Talmud tells us that the era of Israel makes you wise. I'm here in Montreal, the era is, you know, is is animated by klipa. In Israel, it's animated direct from the Shekhinah. Yes, it's still in it's an exile, but there's still some remnant of it, and therefore it retains the holiness. Holiness doesn't move from its place. So even though there's destruction of the holy temple, it's still place of the holy temple and therefore we got to be careful you know on temple mount where you go because you might be going on you know going in the holy of holies where you're not allowed to right because it retains holiness so the land of israel retains its holiness even though the divine presence of god is in exile but with this we can understand why it's such a hot point in the world but I suggest that the answer to this is not to run away from this point that some people might say, oh, look, you, you're very, um, what's the word I'm looking, um, uh, hmm. um, you know, that is suggesting, you know, that the Holy Land of Israel is different and holier and, you know, better and you know, than other places. And therefore, Jews are, you know, just like the idea that we're the chosen people, um, they're embarrassed with it. Don't be embarrassed with the truth. It's the truth that the Holy Land is animated by Malchus of Asiyad, um and is holy, even now in exile, still has remnants of holiness in it. Um, and when we ascribe it to God, that he's the one 
And the Torah tells us clearly. So don't be embarrassed with that. And that will be the answer to the, uh, to the world on how we move forward. We're going to deal with a lot more of this, by the way. We're doing a JLI course on, on outsmarting anti-Semitism, which uh, please come and join. Uh, David, if you don't mind to put up the link from uh, my, uh, JLI Montreal. JLI Montreal, if you don't mind, David, to put that up on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, JLI Montreal and you, dot com. You can um, find out more. And, and and this is part of the discussion. So, yes, it is. That's what it is. The rest of the world is coming through by way of klipa, admixture of good and evil. Therefore, as a result of that, of course, the capability of, <coughs> of connecting to God, re- recognizing God, which the patron angel recognizes God, but it also assumes its own identity outside of God. Which is interesting. I want, I want to suggest the following. You know, it's all important that we all are productive people. Productive, productivity, though, is not the, an end game. Because then you'd be a Nazi. Because that's what Nazis were. Very productive. And life was about being the most productive nation on earth. And therefore, a thousand year uh, reign of the Third Reich will be when you get rid of the unproductive ones of society. Those are in mental institutions. Those are the gypsies. Those are, you know, and ultimately the Jews because they're the ones who level the playing field for those who aren't productive by giving charity to them by picking up the orphan and the widow and the like that's unproductive so yes productivity is very important we all need to be productive and give something to society but that's not enough and god forbid they'll make you a nazi may their names be obliterated so what's more than that purpose that you have a higher purpose that your productivity is harnessed by higher purpose to serve god to serve god so yes be productive to serve a higher purpose that god has put you into this world And that's for everyone in humanity. Is that's what we need to do. We're here to serve, to serve God. Therefore, be productive in what you do so you can do good and increase goodness and kindness in this world. And there's one element though that's added to the jew and that's called identity the identity of being a jew is even greater than serving god because serving god is a function identity is who and what you are now the identity of the jew 
is bound up with their function and their productivity. It's bound up with it. But the identity of a Jew, that's what you are, a Jew. Jewish soul. That is in its identity, bound up to Torah and mitzvahs. Because that's, that is part and parcel of its identity. So that's unique. All other faiths, religions, and beliefs are about a function that you serve, whether it's in belief, whether it's in your actions or whatever. Here we begin with an identity of who you are. And that who you are will express itself in the function and the productivity of your life. That's unique. That's inward. That's the Shekhinah has a relationship to that inwardness of selfhood that's unique to the Jewish people, therefore the land of Israel, and therefore it gets direct. The rest of the world is a step, a step two from Klippa. So now your function is living in Klippa to serve God and to recognize that which is negative, that which is the antithesis of goodness, of godliness, to push it aside and, and do good, acts of goodness and kindness. That's another powerful point in unpacking what we discussed over here. Powerful stuff. Okay. Questions, comments, thoughts. I see a bunch of questions here on Facebook. Let me get to that. Then we can have questions. I don't see any questions on Instagram. But I do see on Facebook. We did miss some. Two question marks before you ask a question. I think I missed some of the feed. I've got lots of comments today. Deborah is the first one that I see. Does our intentions matter? It seems the good things you try maybe get messed up. You fumble. Intentions matter, but actions are more important. So, you know, your your um, actions of um, being charitable are more important than your intent of, you know, trying to be kind. Act kind. Um, even if the intent is not totally there. Okay. I, I, okay. Okay, see, Anna has a question. Is our existence based on idolatry, self esteem, self-awareness. Yes, Anna. In other words, um, that's what the, you know, the animal soul is, right? 
animal soul recognizes does it recognizes there is a god but it recognizes it's also a force not totally it's not nullified to the will of god and and that the idolatry in 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 this instance what does it mean idolatry that there's something outside of god there's a reality outside of that i hope you can see where this is all going i'm not going to go there now but you you can see where this is going yeah and some people that's just the nature of the way god created that's the human condition human condition is i feel my selfhood therefore i feel the need for my self-esteem to be um you know broadened great become greater well that's idolatry in the sense that there is you know me my needs what i want my agenda which is human by the way rick you're gonna have to re put your question in i'm sorry because in my feed it's gone sorry john was the holy land flooded in the marble yes as far as i know it's a long time ago i don't remember so well yeah. <laughs> yes yes it was flooded good question david i'm not clear what your question is then to call it in the name of hashem because uh, became profaned is that which it was repaired in the times of mashiach uh, yes i i think i'm not exactly clear what you you mean in, you're talking about in the times of noyach yeah yes ultimately yes that's true alice how do angels run a klipa country are they pure and are the intention abstraction by klipa no the angels are not pure they sense their own uh, they sense their own selfhood and that's why they're called a god of gods in other words they don't sense that they are totally subjugated and bound and, and, and bound up to the divine they sense selfhood so that's that's klipa now they they do are they are aware of the divine but you know they just feel also that they've got value in them of themselves self-esteem they esteem themselves um susanna i'm going to get to uh, clubhouse in a moment okay give me just a moment norm shouldn't we bring the innermost aspect of the shechina to israel by do, doing aliyah even when it still is no the innermost is uh, connected with torah and mitzvahs not with aliyah so do torah and mitzvahs wherever you are and that's how you're going to affect that kind of change yes uh, jerusalem is where specifically the shechina resides 
can you change person change of appearance i don't know what that means sorry okay was Jove jewish good question good question about that that's so. why do we ask for the protection angels before sleep um good question i have to think about that or look into that why is it specifically jerusalem where the shekhinah resides because that's where god chose all right norm please share with us good morning good morning, good morning. rabbi thank you and hi to everybody a couple of questions just to clarify my mind i'm sorry if uh i i didn't grasp everything so quickly no problem um, okay a, a lot there was a lot today there was soul does come from Shechina. It comes from there, but it isn't Shechina. It emerges from there, but it, it's not, you don't call it Shechina. That's where it comes from. That's where our soul above resides, so to speak. Okay. So that's with Hashem. Yeah. Now, I can't remember if you mentioned it, but it seems um, pertinent to this Neshama. So I'm saying Neshama the soul it its root source is in shrina the inner dimension of shrina that's its root source but it you know that's where it comes from but that's not you know you don't call it it's not called shrina so that's the part that's in us yeah okay was there oh something from uh, forgive me asini asia asia yes Asiya, there's four worlds. There's four worlds. The first world is called the world of Atsilus, which means the world of emanation, which is the emanation of God. Um, that's where, let's say, godliness resides. There's God who's beyond any understanding, any experience. Uh, I don't say any experience, but uh, it, it, beyond, tr totally transcendent. Then there is godliness, which is like the ten divine attributes that have parameter, have definition. We have an understanding of what it is to some degree, right? What we understand what uh, wisdom is, we understand what you know knowledge is, and chesed of kindness, you know, in the divine realm, we have some kind of inkling of it, basically because we have it in our soul. So you know, we're created in His image, so therefore we have that. We have a piece of him in us so we have that um and that is the emanation of god that emanates that gives that is um it's sort of like uh, let's say there's you and then's your aura your aura is not you and your and your aura and, and and you are not the aura but it's your you know it's sort of like that which is 
um, experienced by others beyond you. Then there is what you do, your actions. So then there's God, what he does. What does he do? He creates. Well, that's the first world is called Bria, the world of creation. Then the second world is the world of Yitzira, the world of formation. And the third world is the world of Asiya, the world of action. Those are three spiritual worlds. And then finally, this physical world. This physical world gets from the divine attributes of Malchus, the word of God, as it is in the world of Asiya, in Israel, it gets direct from there, and that's called Shechina, divine presence, and the rest of the world gets it through the patron angels, another uh, making it indirect that it comes therefore through Klipa. Could we go a little more slowly over the last part? Sure. The world, the world of emanation is Atsia, a like, no Atsilus, Atsilut. Atsilut. Yeah. Okay, hang, go, hang on. I'm gonna get it slowly. Okay, Atsilus. Okay. Yes. Got that. All right. Now, something that sounded similar, the world of Asiya is the world of action. Right, like La 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 Asot. Like the word La Asot, which means to do. Exactly. What's the one above that? It went very quickly. Yitzira. Yitzira comes from the word formation. It means to form, the world of formation. Okay, does that relate to us at all? That's all godly. Uh, it all relates to us. It's different. It all relates to us. It's all godly, but it does relate to us. Um, I meant godly formation. In other words, we're not working on that level. Is what I really meant. Well, I mean, it's everything. Ev- no, well, it could be because maybe our soul comes from there. Maybe our soul comes from Messiah. You know, the holy, very righteous people, they come from the world of Atsilus, the world of emanation. That's where their soul comes from. Hence, they have a different function to perform because of where their soul comes from. As opposed to, let's say, a soul that comes from Asiya. So the world of uh, a soul that comes from the world of Asiya will be much more action-oriented kind of soul. The world a uh, soul that comes from the world of Yitzira will be much more a um, uh, artistic form of soul. The soul that comes from the world of Bria will be much more of an intellectual form of soul. Say, say that one again, please. Bria. Bria is the world of, of, of creation, will be much more a soul of intellect, of comprehension. And then the world of Atsilas will be the world that is, um, is completely divine and therefore be soul that of, of the holy, righteous souls coming from there. That's a, a basic idea. So we think of ourselves as having our, our human souls have different natures. Yes, absolutely. Uh, from, almost from from the from in the, in their origin, they say we're fundamentally different people. No, in the origin, you know, in the origin, all Jewish souls come from the same place. They migrate down here in different ways and pick up different things and therefore different functions that they need to. But I, I'm and I think to go, we're going to go into that more deeply another time. Okay. Um, Maybe I can send you one of my classes that went into um, great depth into that. Um, okay. Okay. I don't, I, 
I'm sorry for going into such detail, but no, I'm, no. I'm trying to grasp it. And how did this relate to Israel again? You related it and to the Temple Mount? So, the divine attributes are divine. So, Malchus, which is the word of God, the Shekhinah, that is the source of all creation, the direct source, right? The word of God, as God said, let there be light, for example, right? That's called Malchus, Shekhinah. Um, it is directly the source of vitality in the land of Israel. As opposed to the rest of the world, get, it goes through another phase called the patron angels. That the patron angels is now um, a god of gods, meaning they sense their own value. They esteem their themselves. They recognize God is greater than them. They recognize God as you know the ultimate source. But I'm also something. I'm also something of 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 uh, value and great importance. That itself is called idolatry. Because you are sensing your separateness from God. In other words, I'm of value not because I am a part of God. I'm of value because I am. <laughs> because I am. That's the difference. So you mentioned before ego, a sense of status because of all the external things, material things, any kind of sense of self-importance is idolatry. Is that in, in, in the in the in the in this sense that we're talking about over here, that's a very refined concept of idolatry. You know, people think idolatry is you know you bow down to a statue or something. No, no, no. Idolatry is that there's something outside of God. In other words, exactly what we started off, let's go back to the beginning, what we started in the beginning of the class. The mug I'm holding right now is being animated by God. It doesn't exist on its own. Not because the the craftsman molded and shaped it and now it's sitting on the table by itself, that therefore it exists by itself, independent of God. That's idolatry. That there's an existence independent of God. No, not only dependent on God that we, you know, we got to pray to him and he will uh, shower us or whatever. No, 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 no. The very fact that I exist in this moment is only because God is animating me in this moment, bringing me from nothingness to something, creating me ex nihilo. And therefore, the force of God is constantly within me. God takes away that force. He chooses not to take away that force, but if he took away that force... I would cease to exist. Everything would, anything that he took away the force would cease to exist. And therefore, God is intimately, I'm intimately bound up and connected with God. Now, through the creative force of God in creation, that is the ultimate truth. But as you go through the different worlds, it loses some of that reality well when it comes into the patron angels the patron angels they lost that reality and therefore they sense their selfhood in other words their value unto themselves not as a value that they're bound up with god but a value of themselves for themselves that's klipa that is idolatry 
and they are the life force and they are the life force of the nations of the world of their of their land of their cattle of themselves and so on which means by nature which this is the human condition by the way no one will deny this as a matter of fact the question was is more on israel how where how do you see that but that's uh, that's a discussion we'll you know still continue with um everybody will uh, the human condition is that i feel my sense of self-value self-worth i am i want i need i lost get out of my way i want i'm gonna get what i want but it all starts with that i am something now that i am something i sense my somethingness i sense my needs i sense my desires and ultimately I'm going to act upon them, which we're going to get more into that. That's klipa. Is that okay or not okay? Well, no, that's that's what we're explaining here. That's klipa. Okay. Because it's okay. it's it's without the presence of God. If it's with the presence of God, right? If it's done as we said, the are uh, you know to serve God, then that's a different then that's a different story. Then then you're doing that not as being separate from God. You're doing that to connect and be one with God, which you are inherently are, and you're just revealing that when you do a mitzvah, or you do that which God needs from you and wants from you. You're doing that. Is that, is that, a, is that? So, if you, so if you're doing ego and I want, that's klipa, and if you're doing mitzvahs, what is that? When you're doing mitzvahs, you're doing the will of God, then you're doing what he wants. Is there a one word for that as well, as in opposition to klipa? Um, that's bittel, self-abnegation. Think about it. If I'm doing what I want, so I'm building myself, I'm filling myself. That's self-fulfillment. So that's that that's coming from a um, that's coming from, you know, being full of myself. That's the antithesis of God. If I am doing what God wants and needs from me, so I am abnegating myself to him, I am doing that from a recognition that he is the only true reality. And therefore, what I'm doing, I'm connecting and bound up with him. And the word for that is bittel? Bittel means self-abnegation, yeah. We must abnegate themselves and also connect. So there's another step there, right? Yes. And what's that connection called? That mitzvah. That's what mitzvah is. Exactly what mitzvah is. Okay, so I got it right. So it's klipa versus mitzvah in a sense. Yeah, exactly. You got it right. Excellent. All right, I'm, so, I'm sorry to ask so many, but it's helpful to me, so I'll maybe help somebody else. I, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Norm, amazing. Thank amazing. You. Anybody else? Someone had just a question over here. I don't know who it was, and I got too late to them to allow them up. Someone raised their hand. Maybe their question was answered. Okay. Rick is asking, does the ain't safe correlate to the world of emanation? Um... Ainsoch is even beyond that. In a, in, it, 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 it's a good question. It's all relative. Let's say it's beyond that. 
for the most part. Okay? Anybody else with a question? Some powerful stuff, powerful questions, powerful discussion over here. Amazing discussion, actually. Thank you, Norm. I, I appreciate it. If I can just say one thing. Sure. Um, all of the things you described, the spiritual worlds, they're very deep. But what I understand from what you're saying is that Jewish souls have their root and they can come down to this world through various these spiritual worlds and have attributes from these worlds, right? Well, uh, I mean, all souls will come down into this world and pick up various things on the way. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and likewise, and, and Jewish souls. So, in other words, a Jewish soul, they all emanate from the same place. But in their migration, as the soul comes down into a body, it will go through the various worlds. And because it goes through various worlds, if it, if it, it's it's like you know if you if you live in a place you pick up some of the things of that place right so um, a a lofty soul of a righteous person that comes from Atsilus, when it migrates down it doesn't live in any other place and therefore it retains its loftiness um, another soul that does migrate and and live in another place so to speak in the in the various worlds so it is picking up things of that world. And that world is a lesser light of God that is uh, that soul now is imbued with. It doesn't make that person lesser of a person. It means that their soul is not as illuminated with its connection to God, and therefore it serves as a different has a, a different function to serve ultimately. So you know, um, you, you know you. You might be the, uh, the colloquial truck driver, right? Who is not, and, and, and excuse me for any truck drivers that might be listening, I don't mean this as an insult at all, but you know, you, uh, you, you, you wouldn't um, correlate them with the most, um, uh, you know, with having a PhD and being a, uh, 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 you know, um, someone who listens to classical music and is you know a classical violinist now of course a truck driver can be that that's i'm giving this as a metaphor so it's nothing <laughs> i actually call judaism a truck driver religion that you can be a truck driver right and and everything that comes with the connotation of that and be a wonderful good jew because you fulfill the mitzvahs your job is to carry out your function as a Jew, not as the uh, you know the Torah scholar, but the one who brings the goods to market, so to speak. You know, you can touch souls in a different way. As, as me as a rabbi, I can reach certain people, and uh, certain people I can't reach. Then other people, you know, a, a businessman can reach them better, or uh, you know, or an artist can reach them better, or uh, or a truck driver can reach them better. Why? Because everybody has their function, what they need to fulfill. So the type of soul that you have is, you know, what was meant for you in your purpose to, uh, in this world, to fulfill. 
So, um, so it's not, it's not about, you know, you're lesser a person because of that. It just means, you know, uh, your, 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 your role has a different path. Does that make, is that clear? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's a process of revealing who you are, which is, you know, your true function in the world. That's, that's really deep, like how people do that. It's, it, it is a revelation. It's a self-discovery is what it sounds like about what your function is here as like as a soul. Right. Totally. Totally. So, you know, recognizing what you're, what you're good at and what you can serve God in a better way to change the world for good. It's very important. So, you know, I've come to realize that something that uh, I'm, uh, you know, half decent is to teach Tanya. So I got to do it and devote to it. Um, and devote to it because I know that that's part of my function, my purpose part of my, you know, deeper identity. So everybody needs to find what is it that I need to do that can change the world for good, serving God, serving God in the way I need to serve him to bring goodness and kindness um, in general and for Jews, Torah mitzvahs to this world. And ultimately to remove the klipa. That's, that was the amazing thing. Remove the klipa from this world, which will ultimately happen. Alan, please share with us. Unmute yourself, Alan. Hi there. Uh, Hello. Shalom. Shalom. I'm not such an expert on Clubhouse, but I can definitely try to help you in any way that I can. So, um, you know, reach out to me privately and we'll uh, we'll talk for sure. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, thank you so much. A pleasure. That's great. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I couldn't agree more that storytelling is um, 
a very powerful vehicle to bring across uh, a message. Yeah, absolutely. Candy, please share with us. Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning. Shavuotov. Um, I think that Israel is the center of the world because of the strength that the Jewish people have. I think that, uh, um, you know, as much as we fight with one another in times of need, we become one, one nation, we become one. And uh, I think that uh, um, we are so few, but we are, in a way, we are mighty. Because if you look around, um, in my city, for example, the majority, and I, I am in, in Cleveland, so mm -hmm. we have here the Cleveland Clinic that it's a, a worldwide known hospital. The majority of the rooms, the majority of the, the, the departments are all donated by Jews. If you see in the universe, if we look at universities, if we look at uh, um, at the libraries, and Jews are always donating and uh, trying to make it better, not only for us Jews or fellow Jews, but for the world at large. Um, the discoveries, the the inventions, the things that uh, the Jewish people have created um, have enriched the world in so many ways so i think that's why um, people love to hate us and why israel is the center of the world it's because we are not afraid of hard work um, and that we we are a unity as much as we pick on one another when we we can and but when push comes to shove, Jews are together. Thank you, Candy. Absolutely correct. Uh, today, what we learned is the source of that. The source is not the Jew themselves. The source is the divine, right? Uh, what makes the Jew is the divine, not ourselves. Absolutely. Right? We Absolutely. have to, We what we need to do is realize the power that we have. Absolutely. And, um, and therefore unite, as you said, which is key, the unity of the Jewish people. And there's nothing greater than the power of the unity of the Jewish people. There's no greater force in this world. No greater force. No president, no nation, no group of people than, than the Jewish people. But the power is a divine power. And that divine power is expressed not through, you know, uh, an Uzi gun, not through, um, you know, a missile and fighting. It's expressed through Torah and mitzvahs. It's expressed through the divinity of the Torah, its teachings, and through mitzvahs. We, un you know, unfortunately, the situation is as such that we need soldiers to protect the land, to protect the people in Israel and absolutely this is a must a must that needs to be done but it is an a necessary thing but it that's not what defines us that's not our greatness our greatness is not 
that we are, uh, you know, in Israel, there's 8 million people, and from 8 million people, they have such a super powerful um, army, uh, you know, that wins wars that are, you know, beyond. That's not our greatness. And any moment that we think that that is our greatness, and we will fall and fail and become like the nations of the world, which that's Klippa. Our greatness is as uh, God's chosen people, chosen to bring goodness and kindness, Torah and mitzvahs to the world, the light of God to this world, a recognition that there is nothing else but our devotion to God. And for a Jew, that means 613 commandments. For a non-Jew, that means seven Noahide laws. We're in the Parsha of Noah <laughs> with perfect time. That he was given the seventh and final uh, law that is for all of humanity and uh, our goal is uh, not to uh, to control people not as governments are trying to do that now which won't go into that um and um our our goal is to allow people to truly um uh, recognize that they are nothing else but servants of hashem to do goodness and kindness Torah and mitzvahs, and that's it. And the rest is the rest. <laughs> Rabbi, uh, Rabbi yes. I have a, another comment. The, the, the fact, I think that uh, um, in Israel, for example, you have uh, seculars, you have the more religious people, the less religious people, but I think that as a whole, it's a nation that have faith. We have faith in the Torah, we have faith in one another, and uh, um, I think that this is one of the reasons that we are uh, together and, and that we succeed in so many ways, because I can speak for myself as a time of uh, um, excruciating pain in my life, um, where most of, most of the people lose their faith. I became closer to mine. And uh, um, it made me understand and accept things that are otherwise unacceptable. But the reason of, um, I think that the reason that I could cross that road is because I was taught the soul of Judaism, not only, um, uh, you know, the rules and not only the, the, the I, I was taught how, how beautiful Judaism is in itself, and how beautiful um, the Torah and the teachings of the Torah. And, the, uh, and I'm not a religious person, but I am. Um, I follow a lot of the things that the, the Torah. I base my life on what the on Torah's teachings. Beautiful. But, uh, um, uh, and I think that this is what keep us together and keep absolutely Israel absolutely being, being such a strong place um and such a, and the, it, it's also because hashem hashem also protects us through the uses and through the the missiles and through this because it's not protecting protecting only the land it's protecting our people absolutely. so i think that uh, uh i think that uh, um a lot of what is missing in a lot of the people that are not uh, um, 
following more. And I'm not saying more religious, I'm saying more... More Torah, uh, more mitzvahs. That's what it is. Yes, Torah, yes. it's not about a label. Yes. I, we yes. need to put aside the labels. It's not about a label. It is about doing another mitzvah, another more study of Torah. Absolutely. It's goodness. It's goodness. And, and I study with a rabbi in Jerusalem. I don't know where you are. Um, his name was uh, Rabbi Elephant. He owned Yeshiva Itrit in Jerusalem. And this man changed my life forever because Beautiful. I was able to study. Um, like I said, uh, it wasn't just studying the Torah. And it made me understand also, for example, there are so many problems in Israel with the religious versus non-religious. And uh, um, I learned that the people that are in the Hedech, that are studying, uh, they are a part of the success of Israel. As much as people um, don't accept uh, some of it. Right. Thank you, Candy. Say so thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing. Uh, there's a bunch of people that I need to to address. I'm to sorry, get... I'm sorry, no, 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 no. It's okay. Something that we can go on forever because yeah, I, the... I, I am very passionate about. Which is beautiful. I appreciate that. But um, there's just a, a bunch thank of people, a bunch of questions here that I need to address. JD, yes. give me just one moment. Um, Suzanne is asking, can the nations perceive that the innermost aspect of the Shechina in the Jews? What is the connection with anti-Semitism? Oh, that's a great question, Suzanne. That's going to be in the course. A reminder about the course, Outsmarting Anti-Semitism. Um, go to JLI Montreal. I'll be giving a course starting in November that will uh, deal with this. And um, excellent question. Will be dealt with then. Um, uh, sorry. Uh, Okay. Does an Asham of a righteous person not pick up anything through the other worlds on their uh, descent into this world? Um, well, uh, some not, and some a little bit. And that will make the difference between a completely righteous person and a not completely righteous person because they picked up something on the way. Picked up something on the way means that they got some reduced form of godliness in the lower worlds uh, that then makes them susceptible or uh, you know less susceptible to the divine right and therefore more to klipa more to selfhood right that that's what it means um okay so is there another question over here give me a moment Is there anything else I don't see on Instagram? Another question. Okay, JD, please share with us. I think I got hey, it. Um, Hello. Been on a while ago that we know to follow you. Uh, thought you'd be a good person for me to talk to. Um, going back to, I guess, what Norm was asking about. Uh, I've heard, I've heard your interpretation now, but I've also heard the interpretation that that. Uh, the different worlds uh, of the Kabbalah are something that a, a soul on earth, a fallen soul, if you uh, assign that hypothesis, can actually work their way up, um, up to the level of emanation through uh, practice and mitzvah and certain forms of adherence. Um, is, is that something that you uh, believe, or is that just one... Uh, 
uh, type of thought on the matter. Um, yeah, that's yeah, definitely that's a, a possibility, um, especially uh, it brings down that when you connect yourself with a righteous person, with a tzaddik, so you get part of their soul connected to you, and therefore that gives you uh, powers and capability, and hence responsibility that you wouldn't have had otherwise. So yes, there is that concept. Um, it is very true. Um, but you know, do we really know where our soul comes from? Do I know if I'm, a, you know, uh, I would have a hunch that my soul comes from the world of Asiya. That would be my hunch. Um, but I don't know if, you know, we need to understand this. That doesn't mean we need to question ourselves. Where is my soul coming from? What we need to know is what, two two basic things. What am I really good at in 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 doing, you know, in, in Torah and mitzvahs? And what do I really struggle with? In those two areas, you're going to find where your um, where your purpose lies. Your purpose lies in that which is is really talks to you so like for me tanya really talks to me so i know that i have a specific area in my life that i need to devote to that i need to devote to that i know that and i also know that there's certain things that i struggle with and it's and and where the where people say well where you struggle you know kind of run away from that but where i struggle is also an area because that's the 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 dark area of my soul that is of klipa that I struggle with and the reason I struggle is because I don't sense the divine there as naturally and therefore what my um, function and duty and my obligation or and, and 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 my connectivity is in that area that's why I struggle and we all have that struggle when we recognize that 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 particular area so then we know that that's also meant for us now does that mean i'm a soul from this world that world that's not so that's not so important we need to understand this because we need to understand the creator and how he is creating the world so it gives us a more of a, a profound connection uh to god as creator but for ourselves what's important is those two areas of awareness where i'm really proficient and where i'm really lacking if we engage in both those areas in our lives what mitzvah am i really you know good at am i really good at you know being hospitable and inviting people for shabbos am i really good at um you know um of being charitable tzedakah am i really good you know then my that talks to my soul Am I really good at, you know, um, on, uh, on prayer? You know, that's really where, whatever it is. So work on that area. And then where am I not really good at? What area mitzvah? What area, area in life and relationships that I struggle with? Why am I struggling with that? You know why? Because that's part of my function my, my what the way that i serve god is to deal with it rather than run away from it now there's a lot more to be said in that and we're going to do that when we um <laughs> through tanya therapy uh which is you know through the tanya journal helps us through tanya therapy 
on how we can deal with that on a personal level. I just gave now just the generality of it, but um, I must run, even though this has been extremely enjoyable on my part, and I hope on your part it's also been uh, meaningful and that has helped you. Um, Yeah, no, I have other uh, obligations, responsibilities. You can first of all reach out to me and then come, you know, the next class where we'll continue our conversation. Okay, I think I answered all the uh, all the questions, Davida. I answered um, on Facebook and on Instagram. If I missed anything, my apologies. One of my challenges, but I work on it. All right, folks, I'm Rabbi Ronnie Fine coming to you from. In Montreal, Canada, where it's a privilege and a pleasure to share with you the Tanya. Uh, today, uh, we will continue tomorrow, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as always. And um, we will continue also later on today, 1 p.m., for those who want to learn some Maimonides, Rambam. Uh, we will uh, be continuing in our learning of the laws of oaths and then the laws of uh, the Nazarite. Very interesting, intriguing stuff. God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Wonderful day.